Welcome to Chicago, where the fire serve cold, but the wolves and the hawks never shiver in the snow. The bulls keep it running, the Sox run the south, the Cubs run the north, but the Bears run the house. Two Chicago sports fans got their ears to the street. Any team make a move, and they never skip a beat. And in this house, this is where we be. Welcome to the show with you. Welcome, 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 welcome to Chicago. Coming from the True Chicago Sports Fans Cave, this is the TCSF Podcast with your host, E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah. Episode 36 is brought to you by 606 Media, Noir Caesar, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to check out gritclothingco.com and use our promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% off your entire point. As always, I'm Big Z, and I'm here with my co-host, E-Rock, what up, E? What's good, Z? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome in. If you're a first-timer or a long-timer, please remember to hit that subscribe button, that notify button, and go ahead and give us a, a review at five stars on your listening app of choice. Don't forget, you can support the show at anchor.fm slash true Chicago sports fans slash support. We have another great show in store for you. The Bears making a ton of moves, salary cap moves. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, QB speculation is on high alert. The Bulls are back in action after the break, plus Hawks, Cubs, and White Sox talk. But before we get to all that, Z, tell us about today's guest. This week, we are bringing back one of our favorite guests and one of Chicago's very own. That's right. Jose Shorty Torres. Shorty Torres will be fighting Sean Santella next week in their rematch at Brave CF 49. This is a rematch six months in the making and will be headlining a stacked Brave CF 49 card. That's right. Supercard fight scheduled for March 25th, which is a week after this episode drops. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. It's in uh, Combat Kingdom. So that's, you know. <laughs> Way overseas on the other side, about that, 10, 11 hours ahead of us. That sounds dangerous. It is. It is. <laughs> uh, Shorty Torres will once again take on Sean Shorty Rock. And they share that Shorty thing there. It, a little bit, It's yeah. a battle of the Shorties, you know? <laughs> uh, this is going to be a rematch as part of the prestigious Brave CF Flyweight title tournament. Wow. On the line, a spot in the semifinals for the biggest ever tournament in the weight class. I mean, I would like to see... It's gonna be hard to to uh, to not want to go back and compare the fights, but I'm I'm really looking forward to see what he's gonna do this next time up. Right. I mean, just like you know, when we watch an NBA series, there's adjustments from game to game. Absolutely. So you know, it's gonna be fun to watch. All right. The, the first encounter uh, between the two men who shared the, again, like the nickname Shorty, uh-huh. was an instant classic. Ending up in a draw. I thought Shorty won, but you know, I'm a little biased. Hey, with Shorty. Uh, and so they're forcing an extra bout, which is great. More fights for us That's right. at the fly the flyweight tournament. Uh, this is going to be a can't-miss interview and a can't-miss fight. It should be very good. Um, speaking of fighting, we did want to acknowledge the passing of a boxing legend, uh, Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Um, he did pass away uh, this week. Uh, he was a 1993 inductee to the International Boxing Hall of Fame. He made 12 defenses of the undisputed middleweight title he held from 1980 to 1987. That's dominance. I mean, it's that he was one of the kings of the 80s. Yeah. Um, he was 62, 3 and 3. Or, I'm sorry, two. 62, 3 and 2. 52 knockouts. Jeez. Um, Hagler was a southpaw who switched stances with ease, stopped Tommy Hearns in the third round of their 85 middleweight title bout, known simply as the, the war. war. Yeah. 
The fight was instantly hailed as one of the most exciting and violent and dramatic title fights boxing has ever produced. If you've never seen this fight, go to YouTube. Uh -huh. After you finish listening to the episode, <laughs> go to YouTube and watch this amazing fight. Absolutely. Uh, he would definitely be missed. Rest in peace. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's start this thing off right. This is The Loop, the Chicago Sports Roundup, where we keep you in the loop. This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. Welcome, welcome to Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. So E, any Bears news? Yes, of course there is. <laughs> all we hear about is the Bears. And, and I ain't mad about it. Uh, the beloved Chicago Bears placed a franchise tag on receiver Allen Robinson. Based on the $182.5 million salary cap, his tag is going to be worth $18 million for the 2021 season. But ouch, ouch. A Rob has zero plans to sign the tag in the immediate future. So it really remains to be seen what happens with A Rob. As I said before, I think it really depends on what happens with that quarterback position. If the Bears can somehow get a great or even a good quarterback, uh -huh. then A-Rob would be more inclined to sign the Bears sheet. I mean, let's just be salary. Let's just be uh, honest here. I mean, he's like, I played for Trubisky. Uh -huh. He's never played for He's never played with a good quarterback. Right. He played with Foles. He played with Blake Bortles. He played with Trubisky. Jeez. You know, um, hey, you know, I think it, it like I said, I've been preaching this for a while. It really depends on what they do at the quarterback position because if they do have someone really good, A-Rob's going to want to come here. Right. And he doesn't even want to sign that tag. So what's going to happen with that? You know what I mean? Like, Oh, I'm not I'm not a capologist when it comes to football, so I don't know. Well, what does happen when someone doesn't sign their uh, offer sheet? Well, I mean, then they can't play. Essentially, they're just sitting there. Because they, the Bears retain the rights. Because the Bears have the rights to his contract, and they, off, they, they did um, place the tag on him. Which is good because you remember a few years ago they, they did the transitional tag on Kyle Fuller and that's a whole mess. You get one you get one of each per oh, year. Okay. And that's a whole mess where you can like you you give him an offer and then they can he someone else can come back with an offer and all this other bad that's a nightmare. Uh, but I, I don't know, man. Look, I, I I will say one thing though. Kenny Galladay is a free agent. He is. He is a free agent after they brought back Jared Goff. They got a whole new uh, system up there in, in Detroit. So I mean there is a guy out there. It'd be nice to have him, A-Rob, and uh, Mooney. Oh, well, that's the thing, too. Th this is what I was saying before, is that if you're going after Wilson, you have and you have to give up a bunch of draft capital. Mm -hmm. You have players, skill position players, that should be able to be stars with a good quarterback. And there's a bunch of guys that have been cut uh, because of salary restrictions and right. so forth that could be put into the offensive line. So... They, the Bears did have a ton of moves. Um, defensive end Mario Edwards, he had a career-high four sacks last year. He did sign a three-year deal worth $11.5 million. Uh, they also brought back Cairo Santos. He had a record-setting season for himself. He signed a five-year deal worth up to $16 million. And the final two years of it are avoidable, which will bring it to a three-year deal worth a maximum of $11 million. Not mad at it. No. So you secured a kicker. Yeah, and... and what was it? A couple years ago, they had eight on the roster at the same time. Yeah, there was helicopters above Soldier Field watching this. Ooh. It was just a big hot mess. Uh, just one day after re-signing kicker 
Cairo Santos to his extension. The Bears also locked down another special teams player for 2021. The Bears brought back punter Pat O'Donnell to, on a one-year deal. No money disclosed on that one. Yeah, again, you're securing your, your special teams. I mean, that's that's exactly what you want to do. So not exactly the moves that we're lurking to uh, forward hearing because, you know, we're on uh, Deshaun Watson watch and Russell Wilson watch. But it's good to, to secure football players for the, for the upcoming season, man. Your football players, right? Yeah. They're football players, man. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. They're the only two players in yeah. the team that actually use their foot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh-huh. Hold on. I got it. I got it. I got it. We have sound effects today. <laughs> Where's that sound effects, people? Are you paused? <laughs> there it is. Okay. <laughs> um, the Bears clear, cleared up over $23 million in cap space by restructuring the 2021 base salaries of Khalil Mack, Eddie Jackson, and Cody Whitehair into signing bonuses. So basically, their salary is going to show up as a salary bonus instead. So they're going to get paid up front, essentially. That's all that is. There you go. Yeah. So, I mean, up front the money. Manipulate the system. And that's exactly what you need to do. That's what successful organizations do, is find a way to play with the money. Mm-hmm. All right. It won't be enough to afford... Uh, what, what, we don't know. Is it going to be enough to afford Russell? I mean, $19 million plus uh, A-Rob's $18 million. That's mm-hmm. 36 right there out of 182 you said? But, I mean, they're, they're at least clearing space, so it feels like we're going in the right direction. Yeah, we are going in the right direction. All right, regardless of what happens with, with the Wilson rumors, we've cleared up some space. And you know what? There's going to be uh, availability for more free agents to come. Yeah, I mean, they. you have to show other teams. I think right now everyone knows what the Bears are trying to do. But you have to show players. You have to show free agents. You have to show other teams what kind of – you have to show your cards a little bit. You don't want to let everyone know exactly what you're going to do. Um, but you definitely want to like at least give people an idea. I think once the uh, quarterback domino, the big domino falls, things will things will move uh, fairly quickly. All right. Um, there was also some other potential cost-cutting moves on the horizon. Uh, we could see a contract extension of impending 2022 free agent Kyle Fuller or James Daniels. Yeah. Uh, they could also uh, either cut Jimmy Graham or see if he's willing to take a pay cut because he is set to earn $6.9 million after his first season here of $3 million. Yeah, I think we talked about it a lot in the last show, the show before that, where I went down the list of names of players that should be either cut, what they're making, what's their cap hit, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Graham is one. I mean, I, I would like to keep him because he's a veteran and he's good uh, locker room presence and he's a good red zone threat, but I mean, not for that price. Not for that price. Essentially, you know, almost, you know, more than double what you paid him last year. Right. I like him on the team. I liked him. I like him with a veteran quarterback, especially being an older guy. I like him being in the room with um, Cole Komet, mm-hmm. but I, I don't like him for that price. Um, one of Matt Nagy's favorite gadget players might not be coming back next season, which is very surprising to me. Uh, wide receiver slash Pro Bowl special teamer uh, Corderell Patterson. Corderell Patterson. He put it on Twitter this week. I'm ready to see where I'm playing next year. All that recruiting for the Bears, and now you 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 didn't even have a uh, contract secured for yourself. So it, the funny thing was was that Tariq Cohen took to Twitter and he goes, um, "I can't believe that I don't know if our GM is going to be on the team next year or not because he's been playing GM on Twitter." Patterson has definitely been uh, out there. He's been going after Russell Wilson. Yeah. He's been going after a lot of guys that are out there. So yep. he's actually trying to pull people in. So, hey, good for you, man. Hey, Cordell Patterson. Aww. Aww. 
<laughs> so we did hear a little bit about Mitch Trubisky. They do not plan to have them uh, have him in their plans, and they plan to address their quarterback concerns versus, uh, via free agency or trade. Uh, we did hear from Ryan Pace earlier that Mitch might still be in the picture, but now this door seems to be all but closed. Finally. Finally. Like, let the kid go. I think, I feel like we knew that. I feel like we knew that was happening. the city of Chicago knew that. Because I've been preaching for how many months now? You can't keep all three. You can't keep Nagy and Trubisky, right? No. That was that was just a not, that was a, a marriage that didn't work, or that, that was basically... An arranged marriage. That, no, well, well, that too. <laughs> but you know what this was? This was J-Lo and A-Rod. Oh, wow. <laughs> It didn't well, last. They're still together. Yeah, okay. Um... It seems there's real movement on the Russell Wilson to the Bears rumors. Jeremy Fowler was on SportsCenter this week, and he said there's league-wide expectations that the Bears are going to try to make, take a big swing at getting Wilson. Russ himself says he doesn't expect to be traded, but Pace and the Bears are still going to at least try to put together a package that would be interesting enough for Seattle to make that move. I mean, <laughs> I mean, at this point, you're, you're, you're showing your hand, your card, to say, like, we're going all in. We're putting our chips all in the middle of the table, it's and we're going team, in. It's a team you know for a fact does not have a quarterback. One of the you're, teams you're, that was listed on his wish list was the Bears. Yeah, but you, the Raiders. They want a quarterback in, in return. We mm-hmm. don't have a quarterback to give them. Well, Foles is going to go in any, t- in any any trade. But I, what I'm saying is that you can start knocking down these teams off the list because the Cowboys gave Dak a crazy amount of money. Right. The Raiders said that they're out. Yep. So. Who, I don't remember who the other team was. Yeah, uh, what is it, the Jets? No, it wasn't the Jets. It was who cares? It doesn't matter. Yeah. The the fact of the matter is, is that out of the last two teams, one of them who doesn't matter at all to us, and the other one is Chicago Bears. Yeah. So, do you think? Why do you think that Wilson would want to come here? Well, Wilson is intrigued by the Chicago market. He's an offensive minded coach that we have here. The emerging offensive line. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it it's gotten better. Um, it's it's a long shot for Wilson to be suiting up for the for the navy and orange. At the end of the day, there's a good chance that they'll turn uh, to the backup plan, which is probably Ryan Fitzpatrick or Andy Dalton. Right. I mean, the Red Rocket. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, they're not long term options, but right now, yeah. right now, their goal is to get their first ever four thousand yard passer, no matter how it gets done. That's now, we, sad. We, we haven't had a four thousand dollar pass. They've come close. Four thousand yard, not dollar. Four four thousand. But you got to remember is that I think Cutler would have definitely been one of those guys. If he wasn't hurt. They, well, it's not if he wasn't hurt. The they relied on line. the running game. No, 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 no. Running game, man. The game has changed since Cutler was in his prime. Now it's it's pass, 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 pass. A lot of the time when when Cutler was out there, you had a lot of running game. You had a lot of like the short passes and things mm-hmm. like that. So. I mean, it's a big difference of what it used to be. Again, that he was a gunslinger, and you had him doing something that's really not to his uh, skill set. I could spend a whole show talking about <laughs> cutting. Okay, of course. Uh, about how Chicken cutlets, how he got a, a raw because uh, look, he got a raw deal. You can he look did. back. He did. He, he got signed what twelve years ago now, and he was here for nine. Mm-hmm. He got a raw deal in Chicago. You can't give a quarterback who's really up and coming who had a Pro Bowl season in Denver, comes off of that, he gets his feelings hurt because the coach comes over and tries to bring another quarterback over. But then you sit there and you give him coach after coach after coach, offensive coordinator over and over again, and try to convince him and, and us that Devin Hester. pieces right. after, over time after time. Yeah. yeah. Devin he- hey, Devin Hester's your number one receiver. No, he oh, is not. No, He's no, no one's no. one number one receiver. <laughs> hey, your guy, Greg Olson? Oh, we're going to ship him out. 
Yeah, I, look, I, I, there was a lot of stuff that went on with that one. I wasn't mad in the long run because I, to me, when you break it down, it brought back Brandon Marshall. And Brandon Marshall, if you look at the records, he has every Bears uh, receiving record period. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I'll tell you this, I, I believe I mentioned it before. When I saw Cutler and uh, Marshall in Denver, I was like, they had such chemistry. Yeah, they did. I, I felt like if they were to both stay healthy, both stay on point in a good system, you had potential for these two guys to be Montana and Rice. Too much ego. Both of them. <laughs> I think more of the ego was on, on Brandon's side. I think I think Cuddy was was not too pleased about uh, McDaniel going over there and be like, I think, what, who did he want? Like Damon Heward or he, he wanted whatever the... Uh, um, he wanted the backup that was in New England at the time, but he didn't get him. And, and Cutler was like, well, screw you then. I'm going. I'm taking my ball and I'm going to Chicago. <laughs> All right, man. What's going on at the Madhouse of Madison with the Hawks? Well, the Blackhawks, you know, they, again, they're a young team. They're going to go up and down. Mm-hmm. They're going to show some dominance. The Blackhawks continue to show us where they belong. I mean, they're going to get a playoff spot. Where they'll end up, we don't know. Right. I mean, they had a 4-2 win over Dallas, who were wearing their firefighter unis. Okay, first of all, these are fire. I love these, man. man they, look, they're going to finish playing the hockey game, and they're going to go on IDOT and stop, help people with a flat tire. It's They're all black, and then they got the neon green letters yeah, and the bolt. piping and all this stuff. Man, that was fire, man. Don't hate on it. Don't hate. <laughs> I, I, look, I love the Blackhawks' traditional jerseys, the right. reds. They're, That's they're, the thing. You were like, oh, tradition, tradition. And then you're like, oh, I like these, too. Yeah. Because because they're not my uniforms. That's true. You know what I mean? Dallas Stars is Dallas Stars. Chicago Blackhawks, Chicago Bears, Cubs, Sox. We have all these traditional logos. Yeah. Notre Dame. You know the same guy that, that designed the Notre Dame logo, the Fighting Irish logo, is the same guy that, that designed the Chicago Bulls logo? Did you know that? I did not know that. And Chicago Bulls logo is one of the only, uh, and if not, it might be the only logo in the NBA that does not include a basketball. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So what you did is you relied on your design. You understand what I'm saying? So what I'm talking about is like Chicago teams, we have classics, but Dallas is kind of like, oh, we're new and cool and this and that. I mean, we're either bang, bang, or, you know, here's snow and COVID. So (laughs) (laughs) one star rating. That's all I'm saying. One star rating. So you know what I mean? Like that, like the Cowboys have a classic uniform, but like there are other teams they can kind of play around with that kind of thing. Like Seattle has really cool uniforms on on the football side, once they kind of started winning. Mm -hmm. I mean, Oregon, I mean, Oregon basketball, Oregon football. I mean, the, that's it's Nike, the headquarters. Nike headquarters. Yeah, Nike headquarters. <laughs> yeah, well, the Blackhawks, again, like I said, you know, they're going to be up and down. They dominate the uh, Stars, and then they play the Florida team, the Panthers, and then they uh, got pretty much uh, the, the card flipped over, and where they were, they were, they lost 42. It's weird. They struggle against Florida teams yeah, where don't they don't have ice down there, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> I've been know. there. Ain't no ice. Yeah, so uh, we'll see what the Blackhawks do uh, in the next couple of weeks. I mean, the trade deadline's coming up. Yeah. You know, for them, too. So. Uh, they will be in the playoffs. That's all I'm going to say. They will be in the playoffs. They are, like I've said before, a mirror image of the tenants on the other side of the building. Mm-hmm. So why don't you talk, tell us about what's going on with them, the Bulls. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is for, Mike, the Bulls. This, this is for our boy Mike Logic. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest Bulls fan I've ever known. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the Bulls, uh, Thursday morning, USA Basketball announced its 57 player finalist pool for the 2021 men's basketball, U.S. men's basketball roster. For the Olympics, that's a mouthful. Yeah. This, yeah. So this is essentially the this is the twenty this is the twenty twenty Olympics that was supposed to be in Tokyo, and they ended up having to cancel that because of the COVID. Right. So now Zach is going to be one of the finalists um, to 
to be in that player pool. You think I, he has a chance? Oh, yeah, he's definitely got a chance. The way he's been playing this year, he's been yeah. putting up Mike numbers. And yeah. I'm saying, not, not Mike Logic numbers, Michael Jordan numbers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey um, so the Bulls, I mean, they've been on a five-game homestand this, uh, this, co- this week. And again, they're up and down. So they'll have you cheering out of your seat mm-hmm. and then want to make you punch your flat screen TV. Turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. That yes. is the key for this team. Yes. Um, you had um, Kobe White got benched. Um, Wendell got benched. So yeah. we, we got to see what comes out of that. So apparently that, that uh, looks like the coach is going to come up with a new rotation and put those two guys coming off the bench. Well, they got benched for the game. I don't know. I, they're probably going to, I don't know that's, who's going to start. In that's their what place. they've been saying. But that's what happened with Kobe last year. He got benched and then eventually he was like, oh, it lit a fire underneath him and he started playing a lot better. Well, you know, it's simple as this. Donovan's not going to play. He's like, either going to play my system and uh-huh. ask you what, I, what I'm asking you to do, what I'm asking you to do, or we're going to ship you out. Like I said before, he's a college coach. Yeah. That's where he came from. That's, yeah. that's why he's Noah's favorite person. So what we wanted here was a guy that could be a leader of young men. How he does with veterans. I mean, I'll say that when he was in OKC, Chris Paul loved him. Right. You know what I mean? And they both kind of went their separate ways away from Oklahoma I City. Think, I think he's able to manage both where he's able to handle these kids and hold the veterans accountable. I hope so. I, yeah. ho- I hope that's true because I would love to see this team develop where the guys that they have now that are budding superstars actually come to fruition in Chicago instead of going somewhere else and flourishing when they're in their, you know, fifth, sixth, and seventh season in the league. And we, the Jimmy is, Butler. Well, Jim, Jimmy, Jimmy was done here, man. Jimmy's like, Jimmy, Jimmy's Kanye West. Okay, Jimmy is Kanye West. He started sounding like Seinfeld. Jimmy does this, and Jimmy does that. <laughs> but Jimmy, um, yeah. yeah, but Jimmy is Kanye West, man. Like he, he, he forever. No one took him seriously. He right. was underrated, and then he started smelling his own crap. Eventually, he was like, mm, "This smells pretty sweet," and we're all like, "Yo, it still smells like boo boo." And that's what happened with Jimmy Butler. His ego got the best of him. Yeah, he when went he Hollywood. Finally, he got Hollywood. Well, you know what happened is that he started hanging out with Mark, Mark, Marky Mark. Mark. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. like, "Hey, Marky Mark, check, have you ever seen Jimmy Butler in his house? He has a giant fish tank in the shape of like a boombox, right when he comes to his house. Never seen that. Yeah, mm. it's wild. No, I don't watch MTV Cribs. So that's because that. Well, that's because the boombox plays Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. <laughs> All right, what's All right. up? With, what's up with your boy Larry? <laughs> <laughs> Larry actually showed up, so uh, he played a pretty good game when he came back. I mean, I think he had double figures in uh, points, like 19 points or something like that. Markinen so. is back, but the problem with Markinen is that when Markinen plays, the Bulls lose. Yeah, here's the issue. We got Larry back, we got Otto Porter back, Larry. and it threw off Zach's uh, timing, and, timing yeah. and, you know, putting figuring out who gets the ball, yeah, rotation. rotation. Well, so, the first, the, coming out of the break is the first time they've been healthy all year with all their players on the court. Right. No COVID, no broken ankles, no hurt eagles. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, again, Donovan's got his work come out for him, but now he has every tool in the shed to come up with something. Well, I mean, I, I think you're still trying to figure out a way that uh, you can bamboozle another team to take, to, get, Porter. Oh, to take Porter the same way that the Wizards uh, bamboozle yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. the Bulls to take, Ooh, take yeah, Porter. That's right. All right, what's going on in Wrigleyville? Wrigleyville, not a damn thing. Uh, really, <laughs> nothing, nothing, a lot, not a lot going on uh, on the Cubs side right now. Um, I will say your your boy from your other favorite team, Jack Peterson, man, he's been on fire. He's knocking it out of the park quite a bit. Yeah, he's, he he looks pretty good. I mean, he's, uh, he's he's hitting home runs left and right. I'm doing a happy dance. Man. I know because I wanted him on my team. I've been saying that for a while. So you know, I'm glad he's good, doing well for you guys. Um, I, 
you got just, you got your uh, your left fielder. I mean, what can I say? I mean, the I again will reiterate. When I go back to talking about Jock Peterson and I go back to talking about um, Schwarber, Schwarber, change the scenery, man. Yeah, change the scenery for guys who like came out on fire and then really just couldn't continue that. I'm all for it, man. Listen, there's some weird things going on though. In the minors, they're testing out a lot of. Oh man, <laughs> this is of, horrible. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of rule changes that's going to be tested in the minors this uh, season. Larger bases. Yeah, that's T-ball. So yeah, it's gonna cut out like six inches worth of travel time. I think this is the stupidest. For what? Thing. You're gonna have a lot of broken ankles, man. Is this part of the cancel culture? We're gonna make everything easier oh, for everybody. Oh no, let's not go there. Let's not peppy to pew this. <laughs> um, so you're gonna have defensive uh, positioning restrictions. So, so shifts, no shifts. Yeah. So you're gonna have to have. I, if I wanted, I, I remember they were very strict about the wording of this. It was like you have to have four infielders at a certain position and this at, far at apart ad- from each other and blah yeah. blah blah. I get that. Yeah. Um, automatic ball strike system. So we're talking about rubble ups. So uh, you're looking at the, the balls and strikes being controlled by a robotic system, a computer system. Now, I've seen this on Real Sports mm-hmm. and where they've done this in the minors prior, uh, four or five years ago. It works okay. It does. But here's the issue. You have Altuve. Uh-huh. What is he, like four foot nine? <laughs> And then you have the the monsters in, in uh, New York. Yeah, judge. Yeah, yeah, judge. Will that system adjust? So I, what we've been seeing for years on Fox, on ESPN, on um, your local stations, you see the box where they says it's not official, but it looked like a strike or it was out, outside. And then that's kind of how we judge. So the thing is, is that in order for this to work, you have to have every broadcaster every team every showing of a game everything that we all get including officials because you're just, you're still gonna have to have some type of human no, official in no, the background the upper, like oh no 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 the up will still be there because remember you gotta he has to call like a thir- uh, third ball strike right. if it drops or to play at, at home play. no what i'm talking about for the for the what i'm saying is that every station has their own little way of doing it oh, the way yeah. it looks oh yeah so you have every station everybody has to have the exact Universal. same thing right no matter what where uh where you're located and how good you're what, what kind of money you got because look at the the espn graphics versus the local it ain't the same bro. no not at all not at all so well, that's the big thing with that um another thing they got to do is pitchers must now step off the rubber to attempt a pickoff i thought they it's weird I, you know what? The bulk rule is probably one of my most annoying rules that, yeah. I, that I, in baseball. At 99% of the time, the pitcher's like, what the heck is a bulk? I'm never going to find that word. Yeah. Well, the bulk is you no, have I know. to. Yeah. You, you got to keep your foot on the rubber. You can't you, you can't move towards the plate and then throw over to first. Correct. That's essentially what it is. So you basically, you can, only and, f- you can only fake out one guy at a time. That's what they're saying. Right. And if you're going to throw it <laughs> to first, you have to step off the right, rubber. Right. So now they're just making it official. You must step off the rubber to pick off. So one more thing that they're talking about doing is a 15-second pitch clock. Uh, there, I know there's guys gonna got, gonna be guys like Lester who absolutely hate this because they like taking their time and standing up there and sweating for a while. I'm for this. Yeah, I'm not mad at it because the the idea is to shorten up the game. But again, I'm I'm glad it's that gonna shorten up what five minutes. It's not gonna make a difference. I, I'm glad that they are doing it in the minors, not the majors. Because sometimes waiting for that pitch and watching that dude sweat. That's sometimes the best part. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, bullpen guys, yeah. Right. Yeah. All right, man, what's going on with the so-so? Well, the White, White Sox. Sox. White Sox. <laughs> 
These. <laughs> no, the White Sox. Trouble were, in paradise? No, no trouble, no trouble. The White Sox are releasing tickets for opening day. Now, 90% of these tickets are going to season ticket holders. I'm not mad. No, you have to think of it this way. These, these guys, guys have, have their money in, in accounts that have been sitting not, there for 18 months. It, that's that's exactly right. right. That's exactly right. The fact that you've essentially been sitting on waiting for your opportunity, that money's been sitting there for all that time. Right. Everyone, I don't care who you are, at least at some point during COVID, you're like, I hope I can eat tomorrow. <laughs> Unless you're rich. Yeah. You're like, man, I hope I hope I hope I can work enough this week to, to eat tomorrow. You know what I mean? I hope my, my kids get fed. And these guys sat there and let that money sit and let it ride. So yeah. I'm not mad at them getting the first crack. No, I'm not mad. I'm just mad I'm not a season ticket holder anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so the rest is going to the general public. And guess what? I don't know how that's going to work out because both stadiums, north side and south side, will be at 20% capacity, which is about 8,000 And people. that's great news for the White Sox because oh, you guys can fill up your quota. It'll make it look like let me a tell you stadium. Some, let me tell you this. <laughs> look, I, and I don't go after the White Sox, so I had to do it this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me tell you something. Opening day is jam-packed <laughs> yeah. to so, the rafters. So let me tell you something. Oh. Texas. Texas for the first game of the season. That's Texas, man. One hundred percent capacity. Now, if I'm not mistaken, after that first game, they're gonna go back to a smaller crowd. Are you stupid? Um, remember that they had a snowstorm and had no power right. because they right. wanted to be individuals and have their own power grid. Uh huh. Guess what? No one helped you, dummies. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not controlling the board right now, so I couldn't do it. <laughs> All right. In addition, ballparks will feature, uh, feature limited contact entries, cashless concessions, and reconfigure the concourses and additional bathrooms. Right. So, so you're gonna what are you gonna do? Take out some toilets? How, how do you do no. that? How do you do that in Wrigley? Because well, here, here, well, Wrigley's already a toilet. The, stop. First of all, <laughs> first of all, don't be hating. Okay. <laughs> All right, I had to. You, you had to, yeah. You had to add the laugh track to make that funny. Oh, I was funny. Um, but no, this is this is my concern. You go to Wrigley, you're pissing in a bucket anyway. <laughs> so it's just a long bucket. So what happens now? The, the the thing is, is that at least if someone's like shoulder to shoulder me, like I know no one's over here trying to like take a peek. Now, if you're six feet apart, I mean. There's probably be some mm-mm. some uh, porta potties in the uh, concourse mm-mm. on the back or the back. How left do you field. sanitize that? How, you can't sanitize that between uh, you know what I mean. Like someone goes in there, they have a tenant uh, an attendant for a porta potty going because that's that's the only way you can keep it quote unquote safe. Think about it. I, I know what you're saying, right? But so uh, I mean, you, you know, it's, it's, hey, he's the way I don't go to Wrigley. You, you let, oh, stop it! <laughs> oh, how are you going to do the bathrooms at at, at, uh, at the G spot? At the G spot, it's the same thing. In order to have enough, I mean, that's the thing is that if you're cutting down capacity. Now, one thing that I did here is that even though they're cutting down capacity, they're still going to have a fully staffed um, stadium. I know what the Cubs are, at least. Well, you're going to have to because of the demand uh, to get people's food and right. water. and. Well, know, it's not just beer. that. So they're, the reason they're still keeping so much concession open is so that you can Spends allow out. people to distance yeah. when you have a, a much smaller amount. But the problem is, is that at that now, again, mm-hmm. we talked about this before mm-hmm. when it comes to the money. Um, Crane Kenny was on, on the radio and he was talking about how 
that amount of revenue that they would come in from about 20% of the people that would come in, that's going to cover just about the cost of all the vendors and all that, all the uh, the stadium workers. Right. So, he's so break you're, even. you're still sitting there trying to figure out where your profit's going to come from. And that's going to play key into who they're going to be able to, uh, to sign in the offseason or if they're going to be able to trade for anyone and take on the salary and so on and so forth. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. They'll be fine for the future, yes. But I'm saying for this year... No, for this year, you're going to be selling. There's no reason to, there's no reason to push for anything if you guys cannot get past Atlanta, the Dodgers, or the, or the uh, Padres. Never know. You I never, do know. You don't know. I do know. Hey, the Rays went to the World Series a couple years ago with... Did, did they win? They went to did the World win? Series a couple years ago when win? the Yankees had a giant payroll, when the Red Sox had a giant payroll. So, I mean, it's just... It's, you don't have that team. You get in where you fit in. Your bullpen is nowhere near their bullpen. You don't know that. <laughs> That's why you make them... Hey. Hey, man. Just, just, let's just go to the Illini because we're going to be here forever hold, hold, hold going back and forth. Let me, let, me, let me tell you. Let me, let me give you an interesting tidbit. Uh-oh. Never look Liam Hendricks directly in the face because you know he's from New Zealand. I am dead serious. I'm pretty sure that he, one of his parents is a marsupial. This is one of the, he looks like a cartoon character. It's one of the creepiest things I've ever seen. But they're looking at, oh, look at the Sox bullpen. And my wife was like, yo, what is that? And I was like, I, I oh, think he's from Australia. That's a person. That's definitely a person. I mean, <laughs> okay, so then the, they got marsupials down there too. They're next door neighbors. What are you talking about, bro? All right, but what's going on with the fighting Illini? The fighting Illini, actually, they're playing right now. Yeah, you man. know, this is Sunday. And uh, let's see, we're up 36 24. Just give a little recap here. Yeah. Uh, we're playing number five Ohio State for the Big Ten Championship. And this is huge because you want that number one seed. They're going to be a one, man. Uh, if they win this game, which they should, they're up by 10, they are going to be a number one seed. And, um, which is great. I mean, like. Avoid Michigan as, uh, as, as much as you can. Look, you, well. I don't. I don't want anything to do with Michigan anyway. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm. It's it's one of those things where Illinois comes around every what 15 years or so. We're like we're good, and then every time the you, White Sox are good. You know. Oh God. Oh here we go. <laughs> here we go. Look. You know what's going to happen is that they're going to get a couple of guys that get drafted out of this team, and they're going to be. There's going to be one guy that's going to be so-so kind of throughout his league. You know, D will. Yep. And then you're going to have a bunch of guys that play in the league forever, and you're not even remember where they went to college. Like Luther Head. Did he play for the Bulls? I don't know, man. He played. He. I want to say he played for. Um, he played for Houston for a long time. Yeah, it but he was just like bounced like, around after. Oh, you're a major league player, huh? Hmm, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Illinois basketball is getting interesting by the minute, brother. Dude, so we just found out. We just finished watching this Illinois game. Yes. They won the Big Ten Championship, so they do take a number one seed. Now, the interesting thing about that is that there's another local Chicago team, Illinois being local enough, we're in the same state, another local Chicago team that did make the tournament. Yes, Loyola of Chicago. Uh-huh. The, those nuns are working up there. They're rambling. Overtime. Ramblers, let's get rambling. <laughs> yeah, they're playing Georgia Tech, so Loyola's going to be an eight seed, mm-hmm. and Georgia Tech is a nine seed. They're playing in the same uh, bracket, so in now, the same uh, section. And that's the crazy thing. If both teams win, they're going to play each other in the second round. What team are you taking if they play each other? Illinois. Illinois is the number one seed. They've been one of the best teams all season. I was talking about more like fandom, more more than the number one versus eight, but Illinois. I mean, because the thing is, is that I I don't even remember her name, the sister that was out there, the sister. Mm. Um, Sister Jean, maybe? 
It probably is. Yeah, the, so, yeah, a couple years ago when the Ramblers were really on fire, um, you know, you saw her a lot, so we kind of got back behind them. But in 05, when Illinois went to the, uh, they went to the tournament and they and they went to the final, and I think they lost Did they lose? with yep. D-Will and Luther Head and all those players. Um, I mean, I, you know, Illinois all the way. Uh, I'm going to agree with you with this, Illinois all the way. I love uh, the Loyola factor, Chicago factor. is right. a bit more local. Right. But if Illinois wasn't in there, yeah, I'm all day. for. <laughs> for well, and the, the thing is, too, is that the Chicago Bears got their colors from the University of Illinois. That's right. That's a little tad bit, tad bit you gave us uh, last week. I sure did. So one other crazy thing happened yes. today, which is really going to affect, I think. It is going to affect. It's going to affect because yeah. earlier when I was talking about the Bears and I was trying to fit, remember who that fourth team was that was vying for Russell Wilson. Yeah, New Orleans. The New Orleans Saints. Yes. And their quarterback from Purdue, well, Drew, Drew Brees. Their former quarterback. Former quarterback, Drew Brees. Yeah. Drew Brees announced his retirement. So now... That throws a wrench in our plans. That does. Because I, I think, I, I feel like we had the inkling that Brees was done. Yeah. But he it wasn't official, and he waited to make it official. Mm-hmm. And I think you were saying something about it being the same day. Oh yeah, it's it's at uh, was it fifteen year career or whatever it is. Yeah, 19. like to the day or something yeah, like the that. Exact same day that he signed with New Orleans. Yeah, so, yeah, because remember he was with the Chargers originally. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So I I don't know, man, because that throws a wrench in our plans just because New Orleans throws the ball. Well, it's it's not that was one of the teams that was mentioned when Russ says hey, these are the teams I would I would prefer to go to if I was going anywhere. It was the Saints. It was o- Oakland or actually Vegas Raiders Vegas, now. Yes. It was the Dallas Cowboys, mm-hmm. and it was the Chicago Bears, who was the dark horse and all of that. Well, um, Vegas came out and says, nope, Derek Carr, that's our guy. Yep. And Dallas just gave uh, Dak. Dak Prescott a whole bunch of money, man. And they're still going to have a one-star rating. <laughs> <laughs> no, this really throws a, throws a big wrench in our plans just because Sean Payton's the coach that you want to play for. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean... So, do you did you hear this thing that happened, um, Sean? When Sean Payton actually used one of Matt Nagy's plays, oh yeah, oh yeah, I did hear that. He's like, yeah, that was a great play, so I stole it. But here's the thing: you have to think about this. Where did Ryan Pace come from? Nola. So he came from New Orleans. So you were talking about Sean Payton versus Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, right? Mm -hmm. If Sean Payton is out here stealing Matt Nagy's plays, that means that. The type of system they have there and the type of system that we are supposed to have here should be pretty similar. It is. It's just that they have better personnel. They have better personnel. They have, they have a very good uh, running back and they have a very good receiver. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't know how much else they have over there. I think their offensive line is comparable to ours. Yeah, I would, ho- I would hope so. I hope so. And, and to Protecting be fair, Drew Brees. To, to be fair, the line did get a lot better once they kind of got settled and, and yes. even bringing in the backups, and that's without Daniels. You know, right. with, with the two Notre Dame guys right in the middle. That's what you got to do, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think it definitely makes it interesting. I think that they have a lower pick than we do. So, their first round picks would be lower, lower in general right, right mm-hmm. now, you know. Um, but, yeah, man. Good news. Good news. All right. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fans Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah. 
we have one of our very uh, favorite people, one of our first ever repeat guests, I yeah, think. Yeah, this is our first repeat guest and one of our favorite people to talk to just because he's so charismatic. Absolutely. And he's one of our favorite fighters. Absolutely. Today we bring back Jose Shorty Torres. What's going on? What's up, guys? I'm actually burning up right now. I'm in the sauna working out. So I just did an hour workout. I got an hour here in the sauna, and then I'm doing a little hot bath because I'm about a week and a half, you know, to my fight. I'm getting close to weighing. So right. for me, sadly, I'm fat as hell. So I always have to do a little extra to cut that weight. And I'm not even gonna lie to you, man. I two days ago I had a rest day, so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do one big workout. Since okay. I'm gonna have the rest of the day to relax, mm-hmm. enjoy the water. Water, and I know the next day I'm gonna wake up a little heavier, but everything's all good. That workout ended up being amazing. I lost a ton of weight, and I'm like, oh wow, I'm a lot closer than I expected. And me being, you know, a jerk that I am to myself, I decided to kind of sabotage it with a little extra food. Ooh. And I'm like, damn it, I'm back where I'm at. All right, <laughs> I gotta, gotta make it strict again. Restart all over again. Yeah. How hard is that yeah. yo-yo uh, of cutting weight and monitoring what you're doing? How hard is that? for you it is easily i was actually talking to man i can't remember what country he's from but just it, it's crazy because you know brave is an international promotion so right. we're all you know we're from mm-hmm. around the world i'm one of the only americans here and one of the guys right now just walked out with the sauna top and bottom out of the sauna suit i'm just in you know long sleeve and sweatpants right and he comes out drenched he weighs in on wednesday and He's like, oh, your turn? Tag, you're in. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're just both looking at each other laughing, but we we hate it. And it's the craziest thing is that anytime we don't have a fight, we want to fight. Anytime we have a fight, we can't wait till it's over. Once it's over, we're like, we can't wait till it happens again. Right. But the yeah. worst, the very worst part, besides the injuries during training camp and all that stuff is... It's just a weight cut. It's it's the worst thing in the world. And I mean, people can say, oh, you should eat better or you should just bump up weight class. It's not that easy. It's not that that easy. It's it's a lot more complicated than what people think. And for me, I'm 10 days away from weighing and I'm already cutting weight, you know? Mm -hmm. So that shows how much weight that I usually have to cut. And honestly, this is is the only time, like three weeks out from the fight is the only time I ever just want to like quit everything i just want to stop life i just want to like do whatever i'd rather work a nine to five job than <laughs> yeah. to do this. no you don't no you don't no no you don't no trust me it's it's better being able to you know see the world and travel and kind of do what you love you know there's you know what it reminds me of is i think we were talking about it before is it the uh the high school kids with the fur wrestling they're running up and down yep. all the stairs trying yep. to cut weight real quick right before the fight Dude, it's it's not fun at all. But for me, so in Bahrain right now, they got hit with COVID really, really hard. Oh, so oh wow. every hotel, like we're we're just fortunate and lucky enough to even be here. And the hotel's nice enough to follow the accommodations of like the Bahrain Sports Accord and the committees and all that. So they're like, hey, for the first two weeks that I was here, they're like, no one can use the workout room, no one can use the sauna. I'm wow. like, you know we got fun fighters fighting like you're gonna have to work on your room you're gonna have to figure something out because we're not gonna let you cut weight anywhere else besides your room so you're gonna have to hop bath and working on the rug and stuff like that i'm like you're gonna have a lot of fighters miss weight and and eventually you know they they were accommodating to to letting you know one person go in the sauna at a time so even though this is at least a 10 person sauna it's only one person at a time and i only have it for an hour and i usually use it for a full hour so instead of Wow. Doing my intervals where I get to walk out and take a break. I have to sit down on the floor to try to cool off, but I'm still hot. And then yeah. after my time's up, come back up here and do it again. So it's an hour straight in the sauna 
and then you know I go do my other stuff after. Why don't you tell us about uh, the kind of diet that you have to be eating, especially this time, you know, right before a fight? Man, you know, again, easier said than done. Um, <laughs> it's protein, carbs, and fats, and it's all limited, you know? Yeah. So I usually have about four to five ounces of protein. Usually it's about chicken or fish, ground turkey, one of those three. Um, no red meat. That's completely out of the out of the wow. question right now, sadly. Um if I'm having vegetables, it's usually like a serving and a half of vegetables because, again, I'm trying to limit my carbs right now. And my vegetables have to be usually as green as possible. Right. You know, uh, spinach, kale, broccoli, you know, the, the stuff we just don't want to have. And <laughs> Everything I and, throw in a smoothie that I don't want to eat. Yeah, right. That's what I yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, damn, I got to have that. And then, you know, a portion of fat. So it's either like an egg yolk, half an avocado, some olive oil on the side, maybe a scoop of peanut butter, you know. So... Um, everything has to be limited and I have about four meals a day mm-hmm. and everything's like split up in time so I can't have a meal every three hours I have to have a super tiny meal every four or five hours and I'm not doing these crazy workouts but these workouts are long and strenuous like right now with everything my workouts about three hours wow. you know and that's one and I do two of them a day just to cut this weight it's not hard it's just long and tedious so um using the the kilometers and, and that metric system over here is mm-hmm. you know i'm running about 5k doing half an hour on the bike an hour in the sauna and 30 minutes in the bath dude this, this is tough it's and i can tell you this i just finished talking to my nutritionist right before this it is 100 mental i there are a couple of days where i just didn't want to do it i didn't do a hot bath didn't do this and honestly, it's, it's not that bad, but it's the mindset that makes you not want to do it. It's like going right. to work. You do work every single day, but there's that one day, man, just like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> you overthink everything and make it so much worse. That's, and then the next day you do it perfectly fine. Yeah, you that's know, usually so Monday through Thursday for me. No, yeah, okay. Don't, <laughs> yeah, I, I hear Friday, bragging. You're like, All right, one day I got this. I got this. Friday, so, you get 100% from me. It's, it's a struggle, man. Um, the food's the food's okay. You know, the, luckily the hotel's feeding us, so yeah, at least I'm getting my gourmet meals and, and everything's made. Like if I have a chef next to me, which is dope. Mm-hmm. But it's also the problem of saying no. You know, for them, I just tell them what I want and then they give it to me. The only problem is I have to portion it. And for me, it's, you know, it's just like anybody. It's like your grandmother comes to the table with a bunch of food. You don't tell her no, you know? So it's like <laughs> yeah. that automatically instilled in me that I'm eating for the children in Africa and trying to, like, <laughs> and, 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 you know, we all got that excuse as a kid. Uh, you know? So it's like... I hate I hate going. Hey, I can't have this side of the food. Can you can you give it to somebody? Can you do something with it? So uh, it sucks, man. I feel like I'm wasting a lot of food. That's exactly what I was gonna go into. Is like, what are you craving? Especially from you know having all the good food in Chicago. What is your biggest craving right now? Yeah. Oh man, it's and I'm not even lying. I'm a jerk to myself. I. I go on Instagram and I'm looking up like food porn, man. I'm just looking up food <laughs> donuts, pizza. Like I've already got a list of places to go to in Chicago, you know. So I'm just like, damn, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta hook this up and figure it out. But it's, it is 100% a mind game where it's like, ten more days, just don't quit. Ten more days, and I gotta get it done. It's, it's one of those things that I've done, you know, a hundred plus times because of wrestling. Right. And I did it worse than wrestling. It's technically much easier now. It's just a mindset, man. It, it's crazy that I, I looked at it when, when I was a wrestler in college. Dude, I used to run about four to five miles in the morning with a sauna top and bottom hat, um, then bike, then elliptical, and then go hop bath, do a practice later on the day, and then do the same run at night. And I'd run almost 10 miles a day for five days a week. 
and I'm super motivated to do it. I hated it. My body was dying, but I do it. Right. And then, and I was super malnourished, but now I'm eating well, I'm doing all these things, but I'm still thinking like the same thing, like, oh, I got to do this, do that. I'm like, I'm doing half the work. Why am I complaining so much? So it's, That's true. it's trying to just push through and, and, and train smart, not... Yeah, not too hard. Well, check it out. When you come back to Chicago, maybe uh, we'll, we'll do a food. Uh, we'll have to do a, a, a food crawl. A show, a yeah. food crawl. Let's do a show trip <laughs> and we'll get together and we'll do something. And, you know, we can uh, do some collaborations while we uh, run through some Chicago establishments. Hey, I'm down with that because actually there's a couple places I have in mind that I usually always hit up. Uh, one of the places that I'm hoping and looking to invest in possibly after this fight, there's a pop-up place that comes up. It's called uh, Prime Tacos. They're known for the Cheeto Burger. Uh-oh. Going all around the city of Chicago. And they made like a Cheeto burrito, you know. Uh, they're made for like uh, media tacos and all that stuff. We're and down. They've, they've been snapping and... and Man, they've been doing a phenomenal job. It's one of the guys I went to high school with, and I've been showing up to this place every Sunday. Yeah, it's different places: Humble Park, Pilsen, uh-huh. Cicero, Berwyn. You know, so they they've been they've been killing it, man. It's uh, it's been a fun time. So we I'm might have to stalk sure. this guy. Hey, I, I, I guess I'm not cutting weight anymore. <laughs> <laughs> We're not gonna cut weight. Hey, let me ask you a question. Uh, you know, this is the second time we had you on, so we got to uh, talk about your career a little bit. But let me ask you a question. You know, what's something people seem to misunderstand about you? Ah. Uh, Damn, uh, my height maybe? I'm a lot shorter than what you think. Mm. Um, <laughs> no, I, I really don't know because I, I do put my world out there. You know, I'm not one of those guys that like to keep secrets. Mm-hmm. I'm a very extroverted type of person. So I want to social life. I want to be put out there. The only problem is, you know, I'm always traveling. I'm always training. So I miss times with friends, family, all that stuff. Social media is my my way out, my way to connect with people. Mm-hmm. And I, awesome. I let my world out there every Sunday, which reminds me, I got to do the questionnaire today. And I just answer questions and put myself out there. I don't know if there's anything people don't understand about me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I think the random and regular misconception is, you know, that I'm a fighter. I love fighting. I'm violent, and it's all about me. Right. Yeah, the sport might be selfish, but man, I'm a very loving person. I, I have my own foundation. I'm always trying to help. I'm always trying to. I hate fighting. You know, especially the weight cut. But I hate <laughs> fighting. I've never been a violent person. Just so I happen to be a sport I'm good at. A profession that pays me well. You know, it's it's stuff that I don't I don't do this sport for me. I do it for other people. You know, so right. um, for me, it's it's. I, I cherish all the moments that I meet with people, and I think one of the biggest misconceptions thinking about it now is people are like, "Oh, you don't remember me or this or that." It's like there's two reasons why I don't remember you. One, I have a lot of people that know me, and I try my best to remember everyone. So it's a, it's really hard to multitask. Mm-hmm. And two, man, I get punched in the face really. Like, <laughs> I forget, man. Like that, I can't control that. Uh, that's, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. awesome. All right, so uh, keeping up with these difficult questions that we want to trip you up on, what is one thing you wish you'd known when you began your career? I think, man, the two the two biggest things, and I was telling, so I was a two-time amateur world champ, and the first ever to do it in MMA, and there's another kid here that I'm training with by the name of Mohamed Mokaev, and he's good, man. You know, Dagestani kid's real, real good. And we we had a fun time. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little superior to him. It's just it's just natural experience. I'm 28. I'm, he's 20. Hell, I better beat him a little bit. <laughs> but as I started to cut weight a little bit, I'm like, man, this kid's, he's pretty damn good. Like, he's beating me up. And then he kicked me in the face one day. I was like, God damn it, you know? So <laughs> it's one of those things that, like, you know, one, definitely don't judge a book by its cover, especially by age. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things, man, that I was watching him run the warm-ups the other day. And he's the way he's moving and stretching and all that stuff. And then now she already has acquired at the age of 20. I was like, 
man, you might be mad or a little jealous or envious of me right now because I'm just a little bit better than you with the same resume technically growing up. Man, if I was the same age as you, you'd mess me up. You know, like your experience level is way higher than mine. So these kids evolve so much faster. And I, I, I say kid, yeah, I'm 28. I'm not old myself, but it's the fact of like, I saw him moving. I was like, man, I can't do that right now. I need to stretch, you know? Oh, so yeah. I wish I would have... I wish I would have stretched a lot more when I was younger, taking care of my body that way more instead of being the prideful Latino, you know, the Mexican brawl type <laughs> of fight all the time. Yeah. And then two is, it, I think jujitsu was one of those things that I lacked. I didn't swallow my ego. I was always so scared to lose in practice and lose in front of people, lose in front of girls. And and now today I have to catch up and, and I have to accept losing, which is perfectly fine, but it's right. like, why couldn't I do this years ago? So it's, yeah, it's your pride I swallow ego. my ego and just, just trying to believe it in myself and see where it goes from there. You know, that's, that's a hard thing to do. I mean, even, even in what we do here, I mean, just sitting there, we we had to figure out the kinks of all right who's gonna talk when and is it okay if i talked and then you know it's just like that it's just like anything else it, it comes with experience and you learn to kind of let certain things go and you kind of move on definitely definitely so let, speaking of moving on i want to i want to ask you this one because this is we always get a good response out of this question let's talk about the things that you can't move on from what is your most petty pet peeve Maybe I could change. Um, <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. Is like my humor is like as modestly honest as possible. Where I'm uh, like, baby, I hope you listen to this. I can change. Um, <laughs> no, man. You know, I I try my best not to be petty. I think the biggest things for me is, and I've I've been, you know, just like anybody, especially growing up in the hood, you've been scammed, you've been bamboozled, yeah. there's been some tomfoolery that's gotten you and went over your head, and then you look back at it and you're like, and that was common sense. Mm -hmm. I was such a fool. And yeah. there's so many things. Hell, I look back at stuff when I was in third grade, still and regret it. You know, I was like, mm. that was common sense, you know. So it's one of those things that even still today at, at 28, you know, I got con last year out of money. I got, you know, people doing this, doing that. You know, the whole Tyson thing where he's like, people only loved me and wanted to be a part of my entourage because they had the money. And then once, yeah. you know, the money was gone, they were gone, you know. So it's like, the, the petty thing for me is trying to swallow my pride as we were talking about earlier and swallow my ego and, and get over those past mistakes and go, it's okay. As long as I learn from it, then it ain't really a mistake. It's one of those things that made me better as a man. But if I'm not learning from it, then cool. I can regret that for the rest of my life because that's, that's right. just how it's going to be because I ain't going to move forward anyways. But right. I think for me, it's, it's swallowing my ego about some, some past mistakes. And it's, I think for me, the times I've been really kind of made look like a fool or even made myself look like a fool and go, why did I even make that mistake? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. So I wanted to ask, who are three people that have been the most influential in your life? Damn. Um, it's Dylon, Dylon. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, it's like, is there two more? Dylon and Dylon. Yeah. Um, no, man, you know, I, I've had three real inspirational people in my life, and I've had so many, you know, for my coaches now, my coaches in the past, my family, friends, all that stuff. Everyone's influenced me, whether it's in good or bad. I've had people I've, I hate, and there's only a handful of people I hate, and they've influenced me for a certain reason, you know, because maybe I don't want to have that tomfoolery happen again. You know, it's, it's one of those things that uh, three people that influenced me for sure was, you know, my father. He was the only reason I started fighting. 
you know, my, my dad was a gang member. My father was a Harrison Gent. The only reason, you know, he played with us was two reasons. One, to, you know, beat us up because he was mad and we were in his way. Or, you know, he beat us up because he was play fighting and trying to teach us how to defend ourselves, you know? So right. it was always fight, 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 but it was tough love. And maybe that tough person I am today, you know? And, and I did this sport because of him, whether I was forced or not. It was one of those things I learned how to defend myself because of it. And I tell, dude, I'm across the world because of him. Um, second is my brother. My brother, eight, being eight years older, shout out to D-Tech for all those people who know what, you know, good graffiti is in Chicago. That's what's up, He's one of those guys, man, that, man, he he had he had easily the toughest upbringing from, you know, us two and possibly a lot of people in my family. It's the fact of, you know, he goes through his natural PTSD of, you know, some of the childhood stuff he's gone through, with traumas, but... He still pushes through, even you know, through his handicap injuries and his his you know two near fatal deaths, which has been crazy. If people know anything about that, but he's one of those guys, man, that for me, he was that really good slash really bad big brother, and I say that as. He was really bad because he did all the dumb stuff growing up. And then when I was coming up, being eight years younger, he's like, hey, I went left. Don't do that. And he really instilled that in me. And I was like, okay, all right. I I know you're not really at at my level anymore when it comes to, you know, experience or this or that. But you've experienced certain things. And that's why you're telling me from your mindset why I should do these certain things. And it's like... Okay, I'll take that into consideration and I'll, I'll accept it and go from there. And the last thing is my coach, Master Bob Sherber, man. I, when I was 16, I was starting to get involved with my dad's stuff, hanging out with my brother more, doing stuff like that. And, uh, yo, I was that bad kid, very egotistical. I got kicked out of the gym three times. And for mm. some reason, I just wanted to keep on coming back. And, uh, Yo, if if he would have kicked me out and kept me out, I, I more than likely would have been in gangs. I would have been working at the pizzeria or joining the military or doing, you know, whatever hood stuff or even in jail or dead. You know, so it's one of those things, man, that, you know, you have these positive influences. And that's why I have my foundation to meet people like Master Bob, mm-hmm. to meet positive reinforcement, father figures. Because, again, my father and brother weren't the best. So I had Master Bob there with me on my side to tell me what to do, tell me what not to do. Hey, I'm going to treat you like my son because that's what you deserve. And I'm I'm, at, I'm I'm traveling the world because of him. He's taught me hand to hand combat and morals and ethics and politics and this and that. And man, I, I can't thank that man enough. That's that's love right there. I mean, to have an outside influence come in and and really teach you what it is to be a man, and then follow through with it. That that's love. That's love right there. Uh, let's talk about your upcoming fight. But first, tell us about your first fight with Sean Santella, and then tell us you know kind of what you hope to change in the rematch so that you can come out on top this time. You know, for me, I'm a very mental person. I'm a very extroverted type of person. And if I'm not having fun, I'm not going to perform. You know, yeah, I do well under pressure, and that's why I was able to get to draw the last fight. Mm-hmm. But he got the best of me. You know, I was coming back after my father's, uh, uh, you know, sadly passing, mm-hmm. uh, trying to push through my mental stuff. You know, I lost my engagement. Maybe I can change. You know, I, I, lost, a lot of <laughs> I lost a lot of, you know, I lost a lot of things. So trying to trying to push through that and find a new home and, and find, you know, a good sense of, of people around me, positive reinforcement has been hard. And now I can say after that fight, I was, you know, happy. I was like, man, I got this huge sense of relief off my shoulder, which is dope. Why could this happen three rounds, you know, three rounds ago? Mm. But it's the fact of, 
I knew what his game plan was. I always had the strategy in mind. I just didn't perform, and it's it's the mindset. You know, I went in there with the game plan, and it wasn't even that I got punched in the mouth because he's a jiu-jitsu guy. It was the fact that I got prideful, egotistical, and I guess that's the whole moral of my conversation right now. Swallow your pride and, and put those blinders down and kind of focus on your whole surroundings. And for me, I want to make this uh, a stand-up type of fight. He's a really good jiu-jitsu fighter, you know, very good jiu-jitsu practitioner, and I know he's going to tighten up his game for this one. Really try the same stuff, but really try to adapt a little more into it yeah i gotta really improve my strike and use my jab keep my distance utilize my kicks you know have some great takedown defense and know when he's coming in and then probably set up a you know an uppercut a knee a kick whatever the case may be and hell man if it goes to decision it goes to decision again but a win's a win and that's all that matters and that's the way i should be looking at it instead of trying to force my way into the knockout and then i'm putting myself in really you know brutal situations agreed agreed so not that uh we want to jump over this fight because mm -hmm. this fight's important you're focus on this but is there a, a fight after this that you're you're, you're like hey i want to fight this guy or that guy somebody that intrigues you maybe a style or uh maybe because they're up and coming or who is somebody that intrigues you that you want to fight after sean um you know so the next the next two guys are in my side of the bracket is uh dustin ortiz which is number three in the world before he was released by the ufc he was on a three fight winning streak lost to joseph benavides who was number one behind the champion and it was unanimous decision i think it was 29 28 all the way through wow and then you have ali bagotinov who's a really really good russian fighter i don't know if he's dagestani if he is it makes it that much more scary you look at zamat the chef khabib and all those other guys um they're ridiculously scary but Ali was a title contender, fought for the belt, sadly lost against literally the best flyweight ever in its UFC's history. But they're both very dangerous. I think Ali's a more dangerous fan entertaining fight because he's strong, man. He wants a brawl. He looks like a mini version of Dolph Lundgren when it comes to the muscles. Like he's just, Ooh. he's just that type of monster. <laughs> but then you have Dustin Ortiz where he might not be a monster, but he's a very, very technical, you know, fighter where he's just smart. He's like, you know what, man? You're stronger than me. I'm not gonna mess with that. So I'm gonna do this and do that. And if I get the decision, I get the decision. That I think is the scariest thing. It would be a much tougher fight. I'd rather fight Ali just because it's more fan entertaining. And mm -hmm. I love one of us to get knocked out just to put on a show. Mm -hmm. But I think Dustin Ortiz is uh, more of a, a chess match, and that would be more of a uh, you know match of skill and wit and go. Am I am I ready for that level yet? Yeah, I mean. I'd love to see if you are, and I think that you probably are, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to what you have uh, in store for us for the future, man. Um, no, if, me, me too. I just got to make weight first. <laughs> <laughs> first things first. Baby steps, baby. All right, man. Listen, before we let you go, um, is there, like, anyone you want to give a shout-out to and tell us where we can watch your fight? Yeah, man, you know, if people want to support me, Jose Shorty Toys on Instagram, and the link in my bio, I'm actually selling t-shirts right now. If people like Dragon Ball Z, it's a picture of myself going like Ultra Instinct Goku style. And nice. uh, it's with the Chicago colors, white, red, blue, and right, uh, white, baby blue, red. And uh -huh. man, it 100% of the proceeds go to my foundation. It'd be really helpful for a lot of guys. Go to link in my bio, graphicsbar.com, mm -hmm. and check them out, man. Uh, you know, again, it helps kids, teens, young adults, and just adults in general stay inside the gym and off the streets, especially for a lot of Chicagoans. Fighting's a poor man's sport. This is our way out. I mean, this is my way out. And there's a lot of guys that I sponsor that this is their last hope. 
you know, their next fight. They need to win every fight coming up. You know, right. you've got kids who, you know, they just need positive male reinforcement. I'm not saying every every person is going to be a professional fighter, but it's getting them off the streets, maybe saving their life one day. Maybe it's getting them out of trouble, getting them, keep them out of jail, or at least at least giving them that positive reinforcement to go to college, do this, and do that, or do something positive. And uh, my foundation helps do that. So my Instagram, the link in my bio, that'd be dope, man. That's that's, that's amazing. amazing. We, you know, we really appreciate what you do. We appreciate you, you know, giving back to the community because we've had several guests now at this point who do a lot in what they do. We had the CPD uh, Knights baseball. Um, we had the Chicago Blaze uh, football uh, coach. And these are all community leaders giving back to community. Yeah, Mike. So Mike, Michael, Michael Kendall, Mikey O. So yeah. I mean, like, it's just, it's awesome to see Chicagoans taking care of Chicagoans. We appreciate you for, for doing what you do, man. I appreciate it. And again, if people want to watch my fight, fight TV, F-I-T-E dot TV. It's either an app on your phone, on the TV, or just go on the website in general. I believe it's about $15 for the event. You always get to watch the event whenever you want, rewatch it, however many, however many times. That's a great and, deal. And, uh, you know, fingers crossed I win, you know, represent Chicago. My brother will be in my corner as well. So, Beautiful. two Chicagoans out there. And, man, I, I appreciate the love and support. And that's why I say we came and we will together. We are Team Shorty. Thank you so much, guys. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, give a good... <laughs> give us give a great round of applause to our host uh, to our guest today, Jose Shorty Torres. He's gonna be fighting Sean Satella in the rematch. Brave CF49 fight.tv. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Don't miss this one. The True Chicago Sports Fans Podcast will return after a brief word from our sponsor. Hey, True Chicago Sports Fans, show off your Chicago pride with some fresh gear from Grit Clothing Company. At Grit Clothing, they create simple, classic clothing that represents their Southside Chicago lifestyle. With products like hats, t-shirts, hoodies, and glassware, Grit has everything you need to represent your Chicago pride. Check out gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% off of your entire order. That's gritclothingcode.com and use our promo code TRUEFAN15. Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fans Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah. It's that time again, brother. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. You know what time it is. <laughs> it's time for stirring the pot. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, brother. So it is time to stir the pot. Yeah, and I got one for you. I got two uh, of your favorites, brother. This, I think this was the topic of a lot of controversy on spa- uh, Facebook this week, so I'm very interested. Yeah, yeah. That's where if, I'm going. That's, that's where, where I'm going. going. That's oh, where I'm going, man. man. All right, brother. One's got to go. Donuts or bacon? Come on, forever. 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 <laughs> All right, man. My answer to this is based on pure logic. Mike logic? <laughs> no, pure logic. Oh. The, the think... That's another the, rapper? The thinking, <laughs> the thought process, and it's bacon. Bacon's got to go. Why does bacon got to go? Bacon's got to go for for the reason that it's only one flavor. It is not one flavor. It's one flavor. Yeah, maple bacon. You have to, you're adding that to bacon. But it's what, another flavor. So you got to... No, you're adding just like that donuts. to bacon. There's different flavor of donuts because you, you can, add stuff to them. No, there's, there's different types of donuts. There's different flavors of donuts. Right, flavors. You just said it, flavors, because you add stuff to it. Like we just had donuts today. Okay, so you're talking about you're talking about a plain donut. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. No one eats plain. There's no, you know what I mean. No, like you're not. There's no thing together as a plain donut. Right. No so that's, that's my point is that yeah. you you have cake donuts. You have the 
deep fried donuts or the air donuts or whatever. There's just way too more many. Variety. There's way more of a variety, and there's no. We had what did we have today? Don't. The, what did we have today? <laughs> That's because I love donuts. Okay, and I brought donuts from Liberation Donuts. Hey man, we need to. Y'all need to sponsor us. <laughs> um, yeah, I bought the. Uh, it was like a creme brulee pineapple mm-hmm. donut, and the other one was like a cherry pie donut. Yeah, and the cherry pie yeah. was phenomenal. It was really good. And I, I was a big fan of the pineapple one. Shout out to Mike Logic. And um, but you know the cherry one was actually really really good. So um, and, and that that was my argument is that I I literally I was talking to one of my friends and I and I says I literally just had a gourmet donut. There ain't no such thing as gourmet bacon. I'm like yes no, there is. And I was no. like no nah, man that's called pork belly. <laughs> I can go for some pork belly. Uh, right now. Well, I, I have one so. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as much as I don't want to agree with you, I'm going with the donuts because I love right. donuts. Yes, because you hey, you know have good taste buds and you're an intelligent person. Well, I can add bacon to my donut. You can, and you have a maple log. Yes, that's what those are called. That's how it comes. But guess to. what? If there's no ba- if there's no bacon, and I can't have a maple log, <laughs> I finally kicked it. I got yeah, it. Took a bit. <laughs> but if I can't have that, there's literally a thousand other donuts that I could have. Exactly. exactly. Especially with all these boutique gourmet donut shops you got around town now. Right, we were talking to you, Liberation. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. All right, man. It's time to get out of here. All right, y'all. That is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. A big thank you to our sponsors, 606 Media, Nor Caesar, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to check out gritclothingco.com and use our promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% off of your entire order. Huge shout out to this week's guest back for his second show, our boy Jose Shorty Torres. Shorty will be fighting Sean Santella next week in the rematch at Braves CF 49. Catch Shorty's fight on Fight TV at Fight.tv on March 25th. Shout out to Ronesh and shout out to our super producer, Jay Soto. Super deeper. Want to start a podcast or have your show sound as clean as ours? You can find everything you need at jsotomedia.com. Don't forget to check us out on social media. You can find us at True Shy Fans on Twitter. That's at True CHI Fans on Twitter and on TikTok. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, and reach out to us on our email. We want to hear from you. Reach us at True Chicago Sports Fans at gmail.com. All right, y'all. For Big Z, this is E Rock. We'll see you next week for episode 37. Until then, be good to each other. The love of sports. Yeah. Get that pork belly really. Ooh, man. baby, come and rub it. Come and make it raw. <laughs> a few moments later. You have a lot of incest. That's real. Shut your mouth. Lover boy. Nature versus nurture, Lodge. Nature always wins. I think he's on steroids. Hasta luego, amigos. Show's over, show's over, show's over.